This is the Violent Professional Podcast. Hey, you guys ever been, uh, you know, driving through a Walmart parking lot and cranking fucking Nickelback with your windows down and everybody looks at you like you're a fucking crazy piece of shit? Uh, I'm just wondering. You know, I'm just wondering if you've had that situation happen to you. Not me. It's you. All right. This is about you. Thank you guys for checking out the Violent Professional Podcast. I'm your host, Whiskey Mike. We're here to party. We're partying on the airwaves. We're partying, partying on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and all of the things out there that you can find on the internet. This shit is crazy. It's amazing how I can just do this. Like, I, I, there's nothing special about me. I just decided one day I want to put my fucking voice out for the public, and, like, I can do it. That's the beauty of the free world right now. The free market is booming, baby. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, how long is that going to last? Who fucking knows? Anyway, um, you know, I feel like, you know, people shouldn't judge judge me for, like, you know, listening to Nickelback at full blast, like, because I never made it as a wise man. I never made it as a poor man stealing. And, and like, especially in, in fucking Walmart, in, in fucking Arkansas, the birthplace of Walmart, by the way. You can't go, like, I I was living in fucking uh, Washington forever. And there's, like, Starbucks on every corner. That's what it's like here with fucking Walmart. This is where Walmart was created. It used to be called Walton's. And now there's a fucking Walmart on every corner. They've got some crazy shit. They even got, like, a fucking music festival here that's, like, owned by fucking Walmart. It's nuts. I don't know if you've been to Arkansas. It's a fucking magical place. But um, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure... With all certainty, I can just take a guess that probably uh, that, uh, you know, I would say Arkansas is the most uh, Nickelback listened to per capita in the entire United States with the with the exception of like Kid Rock. That's probably the next. It's probably next. And I assume Arkansas is listened to a lot of fucking Kid Rock. I just assume, you know, I don't know. I'm just assuming there's no stat on that. It's like what state listens to Nickelback and fucking <laughs> and fucking Kid Rock? It's probably close, really. I am America Matter. Boom. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it, yeah, I'm I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you're here to witness some things, and I'm glad you can understand that it's time to release the fucking cricket. Baby, it's so fucking released. I've never released it as much as I've released it right now. There, uh, why am I doing an episode right now? You know, I didn't drop one on on fucking. I didn't drop one on Monday. It's a it's a fucking it's Monday right now. I'm a little bit late. I'm sorry. I took a week off from recording episodes. You know, I I always been uh, I've always thought that uh, you know I want to do episodes that. I think will be good. I never want to just keep doing episodes every single week if I don't have ideas. If I just come on over here and be like, "So you guys, you guys hear about the weather?" <laughs> like, um, or hey, you see this thing about fucking uh, this celebrity somewhere? I never wanted to do that, but I'm inspired by a lot of fucking things. I'm inspired by many things, including a conversation that I had over this. This fucking Sunday, which was yesterday, you know, 
Honestly, I was going to put out an episode today. I was going to take two weeks off, to be honest. I had nothing good to talk about. But uh turns out I do now. <laughs> so we're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, a couple things. We're going to get into the psychology of that movie Fight Club we talked about last time. I felt like, you know, we got three parts of that shit. I, I figured, why not? Why not do a fucking another episode this weekend? But I almost forgot. I've got to do a fucking cult, uh, a cult fact because we're getting into, we're getting into the fall. I'm already late on my book. Uh, to be honest, I haven't been writing much. I don't want to put out this bullshit book where I'm like, okay, no, I got to write. I was trying to have, I had a deadline for myself. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to write every fucking day, at least this many words. And it just hasn't happened. So cold facts, let's just type in something right now and pick something from the Google box. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Did that one. Okay. This is a cult fact for you. It's on factfile.org. The, the, uh, this is a fact about cults. There's the rejection, the common rejection of the word cult. Apparently, it is met with some stigma. People just don't like saying it. This world is too soft. Let's fuck. Let's fucking say it. The world is too goddamn soft. People can't even call a fucking cult a cult anymore. Cults get offended by the word cult. I think that's always been a thing. It's like these the, when cults spring up, they don't want to be called a cult. They're like, no, we're just a religious movement. So the the usage of the word cult was rejected by most scholars and socialists. Oh, there's your problem. Due to its negative connotation, they prefer the word alternative religion, novel religion, or new religious movement rather than the using the word cult. I don't like this at all. I'll tell you right away. I don't like it. I don't fucking like it. Why is why are words bad things? I don't get it. I don't get why people get so fucking hung up on, well, you said this. You called it a cult. And that's negative. Well, maybe change the fucking definition for yourself. Speak your truth, motherfucker. Why is cults bad? I would love to start a cult. It would be awesome. In fact, we established the framework for an awesome cult, also known as a. And I'm, you know, I gotta take that back. I got, you know, in the process of building the OLP, we determined that we are not a cult. We're a space exploration organization. So I get it. Wow, there's some pictures on here. It's like, oh, you're not a cult. Why the fuck? Do people get so upset about fucking words? Why do they get so upset about words? They're just fucking words. <laughs> Call somebody an asshole and they're like, but I'm not mean. It's like, no, I meant you're literally, you're literally a sphincter where shit comes out of it. Like you're an asshole. I watched you shit the other day when we were partying. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. A motherfucking asshole. Hey, dude. <laughs> I'm a little bit drunk. All right. Let's get into this shit. So um, today's going to be a weird. It's it's spooky season. I'm telling you that right now. It's Halloween, spooky season. Oh, I have to bring up this. 
So I was, I have all intention of doing fucking movie reviews every single motherfucking uh, Halloween season. We've been doing it since the, the inception of the podcast. We should rightfully be on fucking bad movie review 10. But guess what? The movies we picked, one of them we have access to pretty easily. Um, and another one, I've got to drive three hours to fucking Oklahoma City to go see this shit. So we picked the movie. Oh, I picked. I was like, we're going to watch this shit for a fucking bad movie review. I picked the movie Lamb, which I don't think is going to be a bad movie. I think it's like it's made by the uh, movie production company called A24, which is a ton of big movies. So um, bad movie. I don't really think so. I think it's I think we're going to like it. You know, it's kind of like um, rubber was awesomely bad. What are you doing, Zia? Get out of the fucking room. I left the door open, and you can you can fucking skedaddle. How about that? Thank you. Um. So a twenty four is a it's kind of like a horror movie. Uh, production company, and they made the movie some Midsommar, um, and some others that are pretty famous. And I've seen the reviews on them, all right, on Lamb, and it said. This is the most A24 movie of all A24. So it's probably pretty good. So I can't I I can't say that it's great yet, but um we have been uh uh given some movies by our friends at Ping Pong Tactical to watch. It's like Llama Apocalypse or some shit. It's like llamas that Llama Geddon. That's what that is a bad movie. That was made by some college students. I think it's on fucking YouTube. You can buy it. I mean, obviously it went far. You can fucking stream this shit and pay for it on fucking Amazon Prime. So we're going to review that. And then, you know, I try to think about it. This is like driving three hours to go to OKC to watch Lamb for a movie I know is going to be good. About a fucking human-animal hybrid. Why are you looking at me? Speaking of human-animal hybrids, Zia, get the fuck out. Do I have to lock you out of this room? Go away. Stop playing with toys in front of me. Um, Do I, uh, do I have to drive there to watch a movie that I'm like, you know, it's supposed to be super creepy? I don't know. Um... But it's uh, a movie about a human-animal hybrid that just is born out of a, out of a, out of a, sh- a goat, and then it's like demonic and shit, and it kills people. I guess I don't really know, but they're in like northern Iceland. Do I go and drive to see it? If you want me to go watch it and review it, fucking hit the comments. But I think we're gonna do Lama again because that's easy. While we're split up right now. With, uh, you know, we still got to do bad movie reviews every year. And I'm not going to do it without Mark. So, like, I could do it myself and be like, blah, this is what I saw. But I'm not going to do that. We're going to do it together. And so we got to do it over Skype or fucking one of these things. Google chat. So. Uh, where they have Lamb in, uh, in the town of Lacey, where I was living in Washington. They do not have it here in the middle of Arkansas. I don't know if it has to do with something religious-wise, but in all of Arkansas, you can't watch the movie Lamb. I got to look at Little Rock. Little bit, Little Rock's a little bit different. So I'm going to look up there. It's not in Fayetteville, you know. But 
moving on. We're going to talk about some important shit today. And this is uh, just by chance I heard about it. I still wouldn't have known about this. And you wouldn't know about this either, I'm pretty sure, to you listeners out there. You know, I want to say um, America's crazy, and especially like in the Midwest and I think some of the South too, and ev- everywhere really. Uh, serial killers can pop up anywhere. They can pop up anywhere. Um, but I never would have suspected that I would be in the vicinity. You know, there's uh, the Green River Killer. I, I have lived in Washington for a good portion of my life. About half of my life I've lived in Washington and the Green River Killer. Yeah, I drive by the Green River where <laughs> where I think it's, uh, you know, he was dumping the bodies, the hooker bodies or whatever. Like, we go snowboarding every year up there. And you just drive by the river. You're like, there's the Green River. That's where all those fucking dead people were. You know? And so I've been in the area that's at, but it's like, which is closer than this thing is. But just to give you some background, I was, um, I went to go uh, do a uh, nonprofit event where we, every year we throw people out of planes and do tandem skydives. Sorry, I've got to pull this fucking thing up. My notes. Um we do a, a tandem skydive for veterans and we throw people out of planes. And this year we threw a veteran's mom out of her plane, uh, out of a plane. It's, uh, and, uh, but while I was there, I was talking to a, uh, somebody and they told me, they started talking about a woman that was trapped in a cage and the police are on the hot on the trail or they've arrested somebody or whatever. And I, I just caught wimps of it. I caught wind of it, <laughs> wimps of it. I caught wind that there was some there was some uh foul play afoot. I was like, "Wait, what?" And they started saying, "Yeah, this woman was trapped in a cage on this guy's property." I was like, "Oh, you're talking about this thing that happened a few years ago where it was like in the this is the thing." I said, "This is the thing where like the the girls were like trapped in the guy's basement and some guy heard them screaming and then they like broke in the house and help them escape. And she's like, no, this is like just happening. And I'm like, wait, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, you haven't heard about this. I said, no, she's like, it's big news right now. And she's like, it's probably going to be national news here soon. Once they actually get into the, get into the, like when they get through the investigation and like go to trial. So I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, okay. So there, so for anybody that hasn't heard this, this should be absolutely fucking national news. And I just so happened to hear somebody talking about it that I was like questioning. I'm like, what? Because if you're not looking for this, you're not going to see it because of all the bullshit and distractions that happen in the fucking media right now. So in Missouri, there is currently a fucking case going on with two men that kidnapped a lady. All right. Now stick with me because it gets the plot will thicken. It'll get so fucking thick. It'll get like three fucking C's and how thick it gets. You're like, oh, people get kidnapped all the time. Big deal. No, it's a big fucking deal. And I'm absolutely after fucking researching this and looking at it. I can't believe this isn't all over the goddamn fucking news. It's crazy. So, um, apparently in, in, July of this past year, 
this lady went missing. Um, Cassie Rainwater. You can look that up. Search that name up. You can even search up Missouri cannibals and shit will come up. And it's once you start going down this fucking rabbit hole, you'll be like, why the fuck isn't this fucking news? It's crazy. All right. So a lady has been missing since July. Wasn't reported lost um, or, or wasn't reported missing until about August, like late August. Okay. Now we're sitting in fucking October. Apparently, this woman that is missing has been sitting in a cage, half naked, uh, on a property in Missouri. All right. So these two men were arrested, and um, based on what's been happening, uh, yeah, that's bad enough. But it, it fucking continues. So if you go down the rabbit hole of what's actually going on, um. These men were arrested for kidnapping initially, but there are other charges coming. And everybody's like, well, what are the other charges? Uh, it could be anything. They're in the middle of an investigation. Um, and uh, and so essentially, a lot of the information is coming out of leaked information from the police department. A lot of the information is coming out from locals. All right? And you're like, get on with it. What are you fucking talking about? So for the past... 30 years, there's been disappearances within uh, the Springfield, Missouri area. One's a huge notable case. One is, um, this. it's a pretty famous thing that they is unsolved called the Missouri Three, or Springfield Three, excuse me. Um, these three women went missing. Uh, the only real uh, information or, you know, knowledge they have about where they could be is based on a green van that um, people spotted around the area at the time. So move forward into the future, into about right now, um, there is a link between the Missouri three or the Springfield three and this event. So as of right now, there's just a kidnapping. These people are, these two men are arrested for kidnapping. They're, they're waiting no bail, by the way which says a lot about what was going on because kidnapping, whatever, usually there's bail on these sort of things, but there's more. There's a lot of evidence that was taken from this place that the, the local law enforcement, the Dallas County law enforcement agency will not, uh, talk about, uh, in the process when they, uh, by the way, they had to involve the FBI in this whole fucking thing, the Kansas city, uh, office of the FBI. So anyway, they go, you know, they initially do like the search around the property and they, they leave. And, um, and then a few weeks go by based on an anonymous tip about like, Hey, you need to go check this place out. The FBI get involved. They do, they fucking, they go and raid the place. When they go to apprehend the two individuals that live there, one of them is eating a sandwich. Okay. Um, the reason that the FBI went to go that that even got involved is because this missing individual uh, was somebody provided an anonymous tip based on a text message with a picture of the woman in a in the cage on the property. So they raided the property. They went on there, and when they apprehended the suspects, the two men that lived in the house, one of them 
was eating a human meat sandwich. Now, I'm not fucking joking at all. You can look this stuff up. It's alleged that they were, I have to say, alleged they're eating a human meat sandwich. There's a lot of mystery behind this fucking story, all right? Uh, a lot of it is from people, and I can't say that this is, and I'm going to get into, again, I'm going to get into, I didn't say, again. I'm going to do a in-depth discussion on this fucking topic once they get into trial, because this whole thing is closed, closed lip. People have been fired within the department, and part of it is what the theory is, is there's so much to this that they don't want to blow up the media, they don't want attention to their little town, um, that they're, that these leaks that are coming out and the public knowledge in the town is so horrible that this will fucking crack wide open. It will go all over the news and everybody will be looking at this town in Missouri. And when's the last time you heard of Missouri? You haven't. It's kind of a weird section of the United States. You haven't really heard about this area, but there's a lot of fucking wacky shit that goes on. Um, and so a couple of officers were fired because of suspected leaked information about what's going on, about how horrible the property was, how what was actually happening there. Uh, they think it's tied into the the Springfield Three. Um, there's a van that they discovered that they found on the property when they did their uh, raid that it uh, is similar in in the uh, description of the van that was attached to the Springfield three. Uh, there was cages on the property in the wood line. Um, their, their little cabin and shit. Eventually, like after they did this whole thing, the uh, bomb Scott squad was called in because there was explosive device and they had a trip wire and that fucking set the whole fucking building on fire. Like they were trying to get rid of the evidence. You know, there's some talk about, um, somebody else came in after the fucking, uh, after the investigation started and set the place on fire. One of the common things that you see on YouTube is like the, the mishandling of this whole case. Um, there's some discussion and some random threads about how the police actually found some skin bodies, like hanging up like deer in the woods. Now I'm just saying this, that like, this is all legit, but it's talk amongst the locals. There's some Facebook chat going on. There's some Reddit from people within the community that know this shit was happening under anonymous uh, names. They're talking about what was actually happening, but we don't know what the fuck actually happened. The fact that everything was, you know, that the building with all the, the fucking potential evidence um, was burned down. You know, cannibalism is kind of one of those things that you're not really going like, yeah, I heard they were eating people. Like, I think about that. I was talking to somebody today and they brought up a good point. It's like, you know, usually you're like, yeah, they were, they're a part of a sex trafficking ring or whatever. But then they like the idea of like cannibalism. That's a new fucking thing. Maybe people are trying to start some fucking urban legend about this whole thing, but there's a lot. There is a lot of uh, charges coming on this whole thing and some evidence that was taken from the property before the whole fucking thing went on fire that um, no one's talking about, including the the department. So we're going to find out something. If it's if it becomes a big thing, I'll, I'm sure that I will do a fucking episode on it uh, and be as respectful to the people that were affected as possible, but most likely not because... 
Um, that's what this podcast is. You know, I did this a little bit out of order, but I want to talk about something because, um, you know, it's, it's weird thought. I researched some of this stuff and I'm like, like when we did the bone trade episode, I found out that it's not illegal to own a human skull. The illegal part is the procurement. So how did you get that? You know, there's legal bone trade going on. Not even on the dark web. Like you can just go to websites and buy a fucking skull from, from wherever. And it tells you where you get it from. I'm not saying to do that, but it's a fucking total possibility. You want to, I want a human skull and put it right next to my fucking little alien buddy here. Put it next to my alien dad. I can totally do that. It's legal. I'm not going to get in trouble. You know, unless I procured that myself. That's the part that they don't talk about. Cannibalism. You could totally eat people. You found somebody on the road dead. You could eat them. (laughs) You know, I don't suggest it, but you can. And the problem is the procurement or hold like having a human. So if like somebody gets hit by a car and you're like, you go to save him, you're like, well, he's not going to make it. And then all the next step is you fucking eat him, And the cops will come. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, you may get shot in the process because of the zombie apocalypse is, 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 is inherently going to come, especially during the spooky season. But that's the risk. Gotta, that's the risk you got to take. You're like, you pull out your constitution. It's like, this is my inherent right to eat this fucking person. Anyway, so this is uh, this this uh, this law is based on the Cornell Law School. All right, cannibalism. If you want to ask, like, is it legal? I don't really think so. Well, this is from the Cornell Law School. All right, cannibalism is the consumption of another human body matter, whether consensual or not. You know, you eat a fucking dick on international waters, they can't prosecute you. In the now, this is the kicker. In the United States, there is no law against cannibal cannibalism per se but most if not all states have enacted laws that indirectly make it impossible to legally obtain and consume the body matter why are they indirectly why not just say hey you can't eat people like that should be the bill that should be the law you're not allowed to eat people is it going to stop people from doing anything no no laws ever stop anybody from doing anything um So murder, for instance, is a likely criminal charge. Likely. Regardless of any consent. If somebody's like, hey, kill me and eat me. You're going to get charged with murder. Further, even if someone consents to being eaten and kills himself, the cannibal may still be liable for criminal or civil actions based on laws governing the abuse or desecration of a corpse, which vary from state to state. So if you're in a certain state, um, you're probably safe in Missouri, right? It's considered desecration of the corpse. So, you know, there's, there's some loopholes you got to get through. You know, you got to hoop, you got to hoop through those loops. There's some related cases to this whole fucking subject, you know, because you can watch the movies. You could think that the Texas chainsaw massacre is fucking, uh, not real or it is real, but it's not, it's based on other stories. Uh, Ed Gaines, if you haven't heard about him, look him up. Uh, you know, one of the things I'll bring up is like, apparently they have found 13 remains of 13 different people on the property that I was talking about, but who knows? We're going to find out. It may all be bullshit. It may just be urban legend, but we're going to find out here shortly or we won't, you know, there's two options. Um, so related cases, the case that establishes in the common law that necessity is not a defense to murder 
also involves cannibalism. Regina versus Dudley and Steph and Stephens is an English criminal case concerning two men who survived a shipwreck in the 19th century. The defendants and two other shipmates were marooned after a raft on a raft after the vessel was destroyed in a wind, in a storm. They had no fresh water and little food. In desperation, one of the men drank seawater to to slake his thirst, but it only made him sick with dehydration. Eventually, he lost consciousness. Dudley then killed him, and the three survivors drank his blood and ate his meat for the next week before being rescued. You, you know, you're like, I have egg on my face. <laughs> oh, you rescued me. I have egg on my face. Despite the dire circumstances and evidence that the victim was near death anyway by the time Dudley killed them, the defendants were found guilty and sentenced to death. Their sentences were later commuted to six months in prison. It's pretty good. You know, that's a good trade-off. Here's another story. In uh, 2001, a German man named Armin Muse found someone through a cannibalism fetish website to consent to being killed and eaten. I don't fucking understand that. You have a fetish and you're like, oh, I want to be killed and eaten. But then you are you can't ever relive that. So maybe you just give him a little bit of your dick to eat. But anyway, after meeting, Muse killed the victim and butchered his body, freezing the meat for future consumption. Muse was apprehended and arrested several months later. Although cannibalism was not illegal in Germany, Muse was initially convicted of manslaughter. He later received a retrial at the prosecutor's request and was convicted of murder. And now, potentially, there's a case in Missouri. But I looked it up, and apparently that's not the only case. Like, Missouri, uh, in Missouri, cannibalism is pretty prevalent. That's fucking wild. Look it up. Comment below if you know another story of cannibalism in uh, your neck of the woods, and I'll talk about it. Maybe in, in, in like a small section. Now, I'm not, like, really prepared for the story. I just heard about it yesterday. I've been watching YouTube videos. I've been uh, looking at shit on Google. I've been going on Reddit. Um, I've gotten stuff from people that know about it. Like, a buddy, his wife was has been, uh, you know, deep diving into this shit. And she has some stuff from Facebook people in the local area talking about. So, I'm going to read that. I'm not going to name names, you know. I'm just going to say what's on this thing. So this is from Facebook or Instagram or one of those. And uh, this I'll just say this lady or this man, all right? I think it's mostly ladies because these are uh, housewives that are bored and they want to treat this like it's not a serious topic. It's very serious. But they're like, oh, my God, have you heard about this? Okay. So this lady says, whoa, have y'all heard about the two men arrested in Missouri? James Fel- James Phelps and Timothy Nor- Norton. Investigator invest I'm sorry, I can't fucking speak. Investigators believe remains at a, of at least 13 people are on the property. Meat hooks found hanging over the bathtubs, cages on the property, and I kid you not, after their arrest, the house burned down. Next. Oh wow. I'm still digging into this. Attention was brought to this house because of a photo surfaced on the internet of Cassidy Rainwater in a cage. FBI confirmed through facial recognition it was Cassidy. Missing since August. That's actually July. You dumb fuck. 
Uh, but guess what? Cassidy's mother remains were also found in Lebanon, Missouri in 08. This next lady says, I think they said that when they they went to make the, an arrest, one of them was eating a human meat sandwich. They were also trying to sell human meat for like $60 a pound. Is that how much it costs? Uh, Stan Durfer, Stan Durfer, oh, Phelps admitted to giving his neighbors human ribs a few weeks ago, and Phelps has admitted to eating at least 30 people. Timothy Norton was a truck driver and would bring people to Missouri. Yeah, I have been following it for a couple weeks. It is crazy. (laughs) But for some reason, there is zero coverage on the news media outlets, which about this which is weird this is a very bizarre bizarre case okay you work in law enforcement tell me how the house burned to the ground after their arrest question mark question mark shouldn't the property be secured since it's full of evidence the person that's in law enforcement said depends on if there was a search warrant completed and they close it out if they were done they would they have no reason to secure it afterwards my guess is when LEO cleared the scene, someone went in to take care of business. But that is only speculation on my part. Oh my God, now I'm going to follow. This is insane. I think the house burning down was done by either a person involved or a buyer of the meat. You think? <laughs> I think. You just came up with that shit. It's freaking disgusting. I wonder if their neighbors ever knew that they ate human ribs. Something fishy for sure. The whole case is something out of a movie. Who really knows how many victims are there, though? They know of at least 13, but I bet there is more. Sick monsters. He admitted to 30. It makes me physically sick sick to think that the fact that they did this is there is a human... (laughs) There is a market for human meat. That should never be a thing. That's right, Nikki. This is 15 miles from me. We've got all the rumors down here. Plus, her mom was killed a few years ago near the same location. That's what I read. Her mother's skeleton was found there in 2008. Girl, you probably walked by him at a Walmart. Of course you did. Girl. (laughs) It's crazy. Anyway, go look it up. Go fucking dive deep. Send some comments. Tell me what you fucking found. I can't wait to see what fucking happens. Maybe we won't hear about it, but I, and maybe I'll forget to fucking even look back. But it's something of interest, and it's surprising that this isn't like, hey, by the way, something's happened in fucking Missouri. And instead, we have the, the fucking thing where the, the, two, the couple went to fucking Colorado, and, you know, they both might be dead. Who knows? Who knows? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> All right, we're getting into uh, we're getting into some. All right, we're getting into uh, part two of Space Monkeys, and that's what this episode's called. But if you uh, if you remember, we were talking about the id. It's um, I didn't, I didn't write down some stuff that I wanted to. But go back to the last episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's about personalities, personality disorders, psychology, and stuff like that. We're on part two. This is the ego. 
And um, basically what I want to do with this, I want to talk about, I'm going to take the movie Fight Club and I'm going to, I'm going to break down lines from the movie and I'm going to apply it to, to the three personality uh, traits um, of people applied to my life. I'm going to talk on each section and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you thoroughly fucking enjoy it as much as I enjoy uh, I, in your company. So we're talking about the ego. And it's the reality of things. You know, a lot of this stuff is not based on the actual um, subject of this this uh, topic is psychology. I'm I'm literally throwing in my own interpretation about it, how it applies to me, and giving events and topics potentially that uh, my life that I've experienced in my life. So, so a lot of this is how I equate some of this discussion, some of these topics, some of these words, some of these quotes. You know, so don't don't sit there and be like, that's not what that is. This is my fucking opinion on this whole fucking subject. I'm applying two things. I'm applying the fucking movie Fight Club, personality disorders, uh, my life, you know. I'm not saying I'm a fucking subject matter ex- expert on any of that stuff. I'm just saying things, all right? So give me a break. Anyway, this is part two, Space Monkey, part two. Ego, reality. I believe that that is involved in order and chaos. Your reality can be summed up in two terms in my mind of order and chaos. The ego is that part of the id. Go back to the fucking the previous one, the previous episode, find out what that shit is. Of the id, which has been modified by the direct him, human influence or influence of the external world. That's why I equated it to reality. The reality of things and how you perceive the world and how your whole life experiences influence you as a person and ultimately shape you into your current reality. All right. Now, if you remember from the last episode, I take lines and I apply it to that. So I've broken down some of my favorite lines from the movie and I put it into this to kind of make this turn into something. And then I'm going to pose a question for you at the end. Really, this question should come at the completion of the whole fucking series, a three-part series. But I'm going to pose it to you at the completion of this. And then you decide if you want to comment, uh, you know, get into it with me in the comments on any of our social media platforms, any of our fucking YouTube videos, any of our fucking podcast platforms. So the first quote is, every evening I died and every evening I was born again, resurrected. So the narrator, the main character, if you watch the movie, Edward Norton, is talking, he's in a section where he's talking about, he's traveling all over the fucking place to do these insurance things. And he feels like he can become a new person and he's going to new places and he he stays in hotels and he essentially 
is dies at the end of the day and is reborn into something new. It's a new fucking thing. But essentially you find out that the, the dude lives a very mundane life of doing the same thing. He's doing these insurance claims, just doing the same thing over and over again. So it's kind of like a hopeful notion of him becoming something new, even though he's the same fucking turd that he was before. Um, the same uh, human form that was the day before, but he's becoming essentially something new by time traveling into the next fucking day. Uh, and I, I feel like that for myself too sometimes, but I've never really thought in those terms of like every day I die and I'm new. I feel it more when like I I have such a deep sleep that um, I don't even like, you know, you can tell you were asleep and it just, have you ever been so fucking deep sleep that you feel like that section of time is completely non-existent? Like you were in bed or wherever you were, went to sleep and that was it. And you don't like the, the time before the time you woke up is just like, well, that, that essentially was a figment of my imagination. This is my new reality. Here I am. But then you remember all that shit. It's kind of weird. It's like a, a severing of the, of reality in a sense. That's how I view it when I have not in a, like a general night's sleep, but when I fucking go to sleep and I like pass out and I'm like, I, and I mean, pass out in the terms of like, I just go to sleep and I go, but, and I like just wake up in the same position that I fucking fell asleep in. And your whole body's like, Oh fuck. Cause you didn't move all night and you got bed sores and shit. No, like, uh, you wake up and the whole, it's almost like you were a fucking inch away from death. Like you were almost dead if you didn't die and like all functionality stopped. Sometimes I feel like I would be a great candidate for like cryo freezing because like basically my body just fucking ceased to exist. My fucking, uh, my psychology, my fucking brain waves and shit. I just like disappeared from all humanity. So the narrator, uh, also known as Jack and Cornelius, any various names that you can spot throughout the book and the movie when he goes to those self-help fucking things, he's essentially, he's his, his name in the book in, in the story of fight club is the narrator. People know him as other things, but if you break it down, his name in the book, his description is the narrator. He's narrating the whole fucking story. And so that's going to be part of the quiz foreshadowing this is going to be part of the or part of the quiz this is going to be part of my question coming up so the narrator aka jack white collar and J- i only use the term jack because he says i am jack's uh whatever during it but it's like what a lot of people can equate the narrator as is jack they think he's jack right He's a white cor- he's a white collar corporate drone living in an emotionally and spiritually impoverished existence. His entire life is based on acquiring things. He has no one in his life, not even a best friend. It's kind of a sad thing to think about when when you are growing up, a lot of people want to I I think and just watching my son 
people want to have a lot of friends. And even myself growing up through school, I wanted a lot of friends. I felt like, you know, that was something I needed to feel good about myself coming up. And, um, like it kind of goes into like, you start going up in like the, your dish, like the realization about what being adult, I think hits you pretty hard after you get through high school, college, there's hardships along the way. You kind of refine your, what your wants are, your needs, your desires, um, how you view the world. And as you go through and get to be like 30, things kind of change. And you, even now, like things are changing for me, but I'm pretty settled in like the fact that I'm going to be wearing these fucking motherfucking glasses for the ever, aren't they? I mean, how could I not? They're awesome. But no, I'm saying like you get through, it's a weird place to be where I'm at, where I'm almost 40 and I'm realizing like, oh, this is, this kind of who I am as, as like, and it's not like I made these conscious choices to be who I am now. It's just kind of fucking happened over time. And it's like all the influences in the, like I said, the order and the chaos of fucking life brought me to this place I'm at. And, you know, sometimes I look at it and be like, I don't want to be at this section or, or, you know, in some ways this is a, this is good. Um, maybe not this, like maybe not <laughs> this whole fuck. The fact I've got a fucking toy on the table and I'm drinking Bud Light by myself in a room, you know, maybe that's not so good, but it's, it's almost like trying to figure your way out through this life. Um, How did you, how did you get here? And you get to a place where this is your existence, right? So like in this, I'm referencing these notes now. So Jack is a white collar, uh, office worker working nine to five. And he, he's gone through life and now he's at a place where he's acquiring things to make himself feel good. And that's his identity a sense in a sense. So he gets a lot of Ikea furniture, like, high-end products because he has a good job and he becomes this identity of like, Oh, now my apartment is almost complete. If I could just get these things, this certain, uh, you know, set of furniture or whatever, like I will have the ultimate house and I'll be comfortable, you know? But as you've seen in the movie, if you watched it, he's met with like insomnia and all these fucking things that are like dragging him down. He's actually not happy. The more he acquires, the less happy he is even though he has this goal of he's going to get the fucking the china set and all this stuff which is weird because i i'd be happy with nothing you know but some people are like that you know as the book and the the story uh tells you so as he's going through the stuff and he's you know he's going to different places and um, doing his job and he's always like on a plane is what it appears like. And he's, he's going and doing these insurance claims and talking to people about like, if, if the cost of a recall is more than the payout, then we don't do one. So at that part, he's talking about if you wake up in a different time in a different place, could you wake up as a different person? Now that's 
a lot of what I feel too sometimes is, you know, in that part, he's, that's when Tyler Durden comes into existence uh, next to him in the seat. And that's, you know, where things change for him, where his whole life is flipped upside down. You know, Project Mayhem starts. It's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great section that you don't really know is happening until the fucking end. You know, I didn't create some all loser alter ego. You know, like even coming out to Arkansas, I look at like I could be a different person, but I'm not, you know, like you can go you can go through life and just change things about yourself and be whoever the fuck you want to be. A lot of it's subconscious, a lot of it's not under your control. It's all of your influence through through your life that create you as a human, discussions you have, people you interact with. Um and like, so I could have came out here and just met people and be like, oh yeah, I'm this person, you know, I'm, I could have recreated, but it's, it's hard to do that if you're like an authentic human being, you know, but that's a, that's a interesting, uh, discussion. If you wake up at a different time in a different place, could you wake up as a different person? I think you could. I think the challenge lies in, could you actually fake it for a long time? There are people that are successful with it. If you look at like. I was recently listening to a story about people that like, uh, you know, fake their identity and it's, and the documentary was how they did it and shit. And it's like, wow, it's actually pretty easy to fucking pretend to be somebody else, assume an identity of someone else and like, just live your life that way. There's a lot of fucking serial killers that do that. They find out later that these people that had identities, they were running some from something as they like do DNA after the people die. They're like, Oh, this guy was killing a bunch of people. I think that's like, that's one of the things it's like, if you look at the, the theory of simulation, right? Like this is, it kind of feels as the days go on and the fucking years go on. It's like, if you, if we were in a simulation and you could create some alternate reality, we could be in one and you can wake up in a different area, a different time. And you could just be whatever you could, you could play this life like a real video game. If you wanted to, you know, you look at money, you look at crypto. Those are points. That's the high score. My friends, you could just get more points. No one knows. The narrator describes as he lost everything. Tyler look looks on and uh, listening, listening to uh, the narrator, very unimpressed. And he's just like, he's sitting there acknowledging everything he's saying. And then he goes, things you own end up owning you. Sometimes I feel like that's real. Um, so I'll give you an example. When I moved out here, I had a couple of decisions to make. I had a lot of stuff that I was like, I need to bring this with me because I'll need it, you know? And is that a real, is that a real concern? Do I need a lot of the stuff I have? No, I've got boxes that I'm looking at right now in the closet right over here that are, that I have not unpacked. I'm, it's a fucking tower of them right there. Um, 
I have not unpacked and I've been here for over six fucking months. Now, I couldn't tell you what's in those boxes, but it's like one of those real fucking things that people contend with in their life of like, do I just throw this out? Uh, will my value be diminished? Which is, which is like a real fucking concern with people that, and I don't think they actually think about this, but like the psychology of hoarders is like, it's like they equate their value to things. So like, I know everything in those boxes has a use, but do I need to use them? I haven't fucking opened them in six months. I could rightfully not open them, throw that shit away. And I'd be none the wiser. I could just fucking go through life and be like, and then eventually, like, fucking six months down the line, I'd be like, I need this thing. And it's like, wait, wait, where was it? In the box? But in a sense, thing, to get back on track, when I moved here, um, I had a ton of stuff I needed to move out of my house. And I was literally just trying to go with my car and get over here. And then I was going to set up my new life uh, in Arkansas. Uh, but during that process, I was like, I can't throw out any of this stuff. It has a meaning and use like all of my old military shit. It's like, I can't throw that out. Why do I need it? It's nostalgic, of course, but do I need a physical item to actually fucking remember what happened or occurred? I mean, it'll jog memory. And some of the stuff is great for, to pass on to other people because it has some meaning to people, you know, especially your, your future generations. They go, Oh man, this is cool. Like it's like, nostalgic in a way and they can look at it and be like this is from a different time it's like almost like a time capsule to keep stuff but there's you know as I'm going I'm like I have all this stuff I've got you know this could be of use later and so I took that shit and I got a storage unit paying like a hundred bucks a month to just keep it in fucking Washington because I didn't bring it over here and it's a it's a fucking good amount of shit that's just sitting there and I'm paying and it's kind of like I bought an apartment for, or like I'm renting an apartment for my shit, you know, like back in a different state. That's weird. If you think about it, like I'm, I said, I took my stuff and I gave it to an organization or a company and I go here, can you hold on to my stuff? They're like, yep, but you got to pay us for it. You got to pay us to hold on to your stuff and keep it safe. I'm like, cool. I understand that concept. Here's the other thing. You don't pay them. They get to keep your shit. And so you're essentially paying tax on the stuff that you already paid tax on and that you own. And also, depending on the state you're in, you got to pay fucking property tax on that shit that's in that fucking thing that you're already taxed on. You're tax on tax on tax. It's a weird thing. And you can take that money and invest it in something. There's lots of investment opportunities I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, but you could have more financial uh, assets by taking that fucking $100 that I have, put it in something else get a nice little return, get some dividends going. Um, but I don't, I just have stuff in a fucking box in Washington that I'm paying rent on. It's almost like uh, racketeering in a sense. We're going to protect your shit, but you got to pay us every month. If you don't pay, we're going to fucking do an auction. Other people are going to have your shit and then they're going to give it back and they're going to put it in storage because they don't fucking need it. And then they're going to fucking pay us tax and then we're going to fucking auction. It's like this fucking, it's like, Think about it. Think about this idea that you have stuff that you can, you physically, mentally, not physically, but like mentally for you to take this random fucking thing that literally, like literally has zero value other than your, your, 
own perception of what its value is. No one will buy from you. If you put that shit on a fucking yard sale, no one will buy, but it has a fucking real, it provides a visceral feeling in your fucking life when you look at it. Sometimes the feeling is stronger than than others, you know? But on any given day, it doesn't provide your life any value because if the feeling was that important, you would think about it every day with glee. But you need to look at something to fucking remember. Maybe it's a sign that you need to get rid of that shit. Declutter your life. Uh, and I say that looking at some fucking boxes over there. <laughs> like, um, But things do start to own you. It's a big problem for people. And it's fucking, it's a weird problem to have. You know, a first world problem, just collecting shit, just to have it. You know, there's a show called Hoarders based on that concept. I think there's more to that show than people, than than just that. Because they collect fucking dirty diapers and shit. Their fucking bathrooms are all fucked up. Not all of them. They like Some of them are super organized, but they have a lot of shit, you know. But just think about that. If you could use this fucking, like, this podcast, I try to be silly and talk about weird subjects and stuff like that. But if, like... Like, think about all the shit you have. You could throw some of it out or give it away, you know, so other people have your burden. There's something to be said about this part of, like, being such a fucking free spirit and the fact of, like, not owning anything and just moving around between abandoned buildings and shit, like, just... Living that Tyler Durden life. There's something to that, right? That's not my desired life. I like to live in a nice, uh, clean place. But there is something appealing about the ability to not need anything. You know, I've got a fucking big screen TV, a flat screen, LCD, HDR fucking TV I bought when I got in here. I don't actually know what it is. I'm just saying fucking uh, acronyms. But it's a, it was like the best TV. And I was like, yeah, I'll get that for my house. That's cool. I don't even fucking watch the thing. I could throw it out today and I'll never fucking miss it. Other than there'll be a space on my fucking, uh, you know, the ta- the stand that it sits on where I keep books and shit. It's crazy. Things you own do start owning you, I think. I think that's there's there's some weight to that. You know, and it's not necessarily your your fault. They, like, we're very susceptible to, like, things in life, like advertising and whatnot. So, uh, you know, when in the scene where they're talking about the rules of Fight Club afterwards, there's a speech that occurs after, I think, I think, I, I don't know if uh, he's fighting or whatever, but... It says, uh, he goes on, Tyler Durden goes on to say, advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. No, I think it's when they're in the fucking bar and they're hanging out. Tyler Durden and uh, the narrator. And um, it's like elaborating on that, that idea. Like advertisement has us chasing these things we don't really need. They don't really provide us value. Like they're cool. It's cool to say like we have this nice new car. Or I've got this nice camera that I'm fucking using. Um, 
it serves a purpose for the fucking entertainment of the people that watch this uh, on YouTube or the people that like the recording device. It provides some value to people. I'm sure um, provides value to me. I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy listening to it even to hear the stupid shit I say sometimes. But there are things in life that don't provide value and we just have them because they are cool. Like think about, think about your dream car. Uh, Think about it right now. Visualize it. The car that you would want the most that you've wanted forever. Um, I recently saw a guy on YouTube and he's a, he's an events investment dude and he provides like investment advice and shit on YouTube. He's a pretty popular dude. I think his I can't even remember his name, but he has some, like, if you look at his Instagram page, he talks about his dream car and he's like, he's selling it to somebody, you know? So even his dream car he had for like, I think three years and then he sold because he was tired of it. Um, and that's like when you get to a place where you're trying to sell your dream car, I feel like it's a it's a fucking weight. You know, there's something to it. It's like, well, I could sell my dream car that I always thought I wanted and I could use that for something else. I could use the money for something else. And it's like this never ending fucking game of just with humans just liking shiny shit. Um, It's a very human uh reaction or like behavior like liking things that are perceived as beautiful or like appealing you know and what what's so different in the the concept of like just looking at something and being like that thing is fucking cool i really admire it than fucking owning it like i i want to really like think about that concept of like it's not just that you would be like that car is fucking rad. I'm going to like just saying that that car is fucking awesome. That thing is beautiful. And then to owning it and to fucking using it and then to one day turn around and go, eh, I'm getting rid of this thing. <laughs> That's such a weird condition to always want something different and better. I struggle with it on myself. Like, you know, I could be happy with the logo of thing, like the artwork on something, but it's always like change stuff, change stuff, change stuff, keep people interested. And it's like, and if things aren't changing, people lose interest super quick. It's like this high stimulus of like, how can we make it flashier so that people look at it? It's like, we're goddamn fish. Somebody throws in the new lore and you're like, oh, I'm tired of that shrimp. It's not as shiny as that shrimp, you know? So in that section, what I was just talking about is like essentially the, the order. It's like the, the the human reaction or the human behavior of like order. Like the way that we behave is like, I want new stuff. I work this job. Security. Um, I work this secure job with you know, lots of benefits for security for myself and my family. And I do it and I do as I'm told and I punch in nine to five and I get all the things that I want. And it's very structured, regimented. And as long as you stick to this to keep moving forward, you're going to get where you want. You're going to get that new shiny car. You're going to get that, that bonus. You're going to, everyone's going to be impressed by you. But then there's the other side 
what's met with order is chaos. I think chaos is sometimes extremely interesting as well. It's equally as interesting as order in the sense of like working hard to get what you want and just meeting these fucking benchmarks. But also chaos where it's unpredictable is is appealing in its own right, correct? Um I think I think about something I said today. I was like I told a joke to somebody and it was a silly fucking joke. It was about a hotel where somebody was staying. I just said like you know, I knew where they were staying. I knew they were staying in like a nice hotel in town. And I threw and it it was such a and it, you may not think it's funny, but I like threw in a name of a hotel that's from the 90s that I don't even think exists anymore that is like is known to be a shitty rundown fucking hotel. But it has a pool, so it's nice. An indoor pool. Usually they have an indoor pool. But it's like the trailer park of fucking hotels. It was a big name for a while. And um, and so I like I saw the dude. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? I had a discussion with him. I was like, so where are you staying, man? Are you staying at this hotel? And he's like, what? And I just threw him off because and it, as, as uninteresting or, or not hilarious or funny as that sounds, I get a kick at talking about something and then taking a left turn and going, Hey, you stay at this really shitty hotel. Like, he was like, what? No, there's only like three hotels. They're all nice. (laughs) And just to see the, the fucking, the, the microseconds of pause to be like, what? (laughs) Like to contemplate what I'm saying. Highly interesting. Because, like, I'm talking about psychology on this episode, and I think the psychology of, like, watching people's, the gears in their brain kind of shift to be like, I have to meet this fucking thing that you threw in my face? What is going on? And, like, that whole, like, a whole conversation take place in the period of, like, seconds. And they're like, no, I'm staying over here, man. (laughs) It's, you know, it's chaos in its own right. Like, if I think about it, it's it's like th- like throwing a monkey wrench in a in a fucking conversation that was like expected. Be like, hey man, how you doing? How are the kids? Be like, you staying at this fucking hotel? She's like, what? <laughs> it's silly. Um, and I like that. I like not chaos in the sense of like people dying or being like shit going wild. Like, I just enjoy a little bit of chaos, a little bit of sprinkle of chaos sometimes. You know, I think people do in general, like that, the fucking Facebook group conversation I was telling you, like those fucking women are just going back and forth. Cause let's be honest. That's all it was. It was just women. Like I assume housewives talking about like, like it's a fucking TV show when this is like, you know, as much, as much as I'm joking about, it's like real people's lives, like horrible. This woman was trapped in a fucking cage. She might be in fucking, like, non-existent. She might be in... If everything, like, all the rumors are true, she, like, really bad shit happened to her. Um, And that's horrible. I just, like, a... Like, and that, and, like... You look at that situation. Like, people are, like, treating it like it's a TV show. And it's like, oh, my God, did you hear? And it's like, it doesn't affect their life at all. But this affects people, families... 
It extends further than your fucking desire. I heard there was fucking meat hooks in their fucking house over the bathroom. It's like, where the fuck did you hear that? Well, it's interesting. It's like, and even I'm talking about it, it's like, people just want to fucking say shit to make their lives interesting. and be like, oh, I heard. And especially in like these small fucking towns. Let me tell you about that place. I should have brought it up before. But if you were ever looking for where cannibalism happens, it happens in that fucking area. Because that's the one of the interesting parts is where I was at and the reason I found out about it, it's not on the news really, but it's because I was in the fucking area where all that shit was happening, where that fucking place was happening. And it's local discussion in the community. Like people are like, there are fucking cannibals in this fucking town. And I was like, holy fuck, this is fucking crazy. And that's chaos. That's the other side of fucking, that's light and dark. That's like... You know, you want to, you want to fucking be in the light, but also you want to look at the fucking dark. You know, you're on the fucking, everybody knows what this side of the moon looks like. That's, you know, geospatially locked with us. We kind of want to step on the other side and see how fucking cold it is. Not for a long time, but you want to be there. So. What Tyler Durden says in the one part where he like, if you remember this section, he takes lie, a bottle of lie and like kisses the narrator's hand and gives him a chemical burn. And he said, and he's making him look at his hand and he's describing how the first soap was made from the ashes of heroes. It's a big metaphor for essentially the movie and life and shit like that. It's like, the main point I take from it is without pain, without sacrifice, we would have nothing. I believe in that. Um, I know a few people. I was talking to some of my buddies today about somebody we all know. And it's like uh, this, the, uh, these people live such a like naive and like, Oh, life is so great. And it's like, they, they, you can tell that these people just wait based on the way they behave that we all know really have not had any hardship in their life. And they live this very boring, mundane life. Like the narrator in the, in fight club and before he, like everything goes crazy and he develops this personality disorder and this, uh, you know, he's a schizophrenic and stuff like that. And it's, because there really hasn't been much hardship in their life. And we like these people, we, we, we know. And we're like, just the, the, the discussions that you have is just like, there's something that's not there that a general, like general people have. And like, we we're discussing it because it's so confusing sometimes. And it's hard to even explain this, but when you interact with, certain people like this that have this they're still like bright eyed at the world and they don't have any responsibilities and they're just like and they flow through life and while they may have some things that have been affected in their life that is like hard or like a hard thing to deal with there's no real fucking hardship that create and carve a human being into being who they are after there's a very real difference between somebody who hasn't had a hardship than somebody that 
has, you know, I'm talking about like a single hardship. That's very devastating. Like a loss of a family member or tragedy or, you know, um, mental health issues or anything like that. It's people like that are so far removed from a normal day-to-day population because general people have hardships. They lose family members. They fucking deal with financial struggles. They have just random shit that pops up. That's just like, fuck, I got to deal with this now. Or like issues with their kids or, you know, suicide or any number of fucking things that just make life chaotic and messy. You know, if you don't, if you never experience that, then how can you ever sit there and fucking try to give advice to anybody when they haven't lived full lives? You know, I think a full life involves both order and chaos. They're, they're, they're both tools that you can use as experience to make yourself a better fucking human being to help other people um, get through this fucking experience called life, you know? And um, as Tyler Durden is inflicting this pain on his other half, you know, spoiler alert, um, He keeps saying, make it stop, make it stop. He's like, can you give me something? And some of this is from the book, so it's not necessarily what was said in the the actual uh, movie. He's saying, I'm in pain. Um, Can you give me something? Make it stop. And And, you know, if you've seen the movie or read the book, you can know that He's saying that Tyler says, first you have to give up. First you have to know that life is pain in a sense. And then eventually he lets his hand go and he takes vinegar and uh, neutralizes the chemical burn. And what I'll say is like, we all think we're in pain. We all think that events that happen are the worst thing ever. But you just got to remember that it can always be worse. It, you could, uh, I'll use the, the story. You could always be living in a dilapidated house with low finances and shit. And then you could get a chemical burn on your hand. No, but if, like things can always be worse. And so I think you have to be, you have to on a general day-to-day basis in order to keep your sanity and not completely succumb to the, the weight of the world is you have to be grateful for the little fucking things. Like I'm grateful that I'm healthy. My friends and family are healthy. There's some shit that they're all going through right now. Like we're all generally going through some stuff. My, uh, separation from my, my son, uh, my buddies, they have, uh, marital or, or relationship issues. They've got financial stuff going on. Like there's, so many things that could you could be living away and just complain. Like we all just generally complain and we want to fucking naturally drift towards the fucking chaos, you know, and just craving the order. And then if you get the order, you kind of drift towards it. It's a fucking weird human condition that we have, you know. Sometimes I've been on 
like things are boring and drifting towards the chaos or fucking just fucking with people and like you know I get a lot out of get a lot of the chaos out in this podcast or like any of the content I make like there's people that meet me that think I'm gonna be this fucking wild dude and you know I am you know I am but (laughs) I like to fucking just you know meet people sometimes and be like hey what's up I'm Mike how you doing guys um but you know we're all going through it like every single one of us if you if it's hard to relate to people that haven't really had trials and tribulations in their life or had any sort of fucking chaos or they're so adverse to fucking chaos and they don't welcome it that they just live these boring lives because it's predictable and nothing can happen if they just put money in their IRA and they just go to work nine to five and they don't, they don't try to take chances or start a business or anything. It's like, or just, you know, I'm not going to get any, any deeper on that, but there's a, you have to have a good balance of order and chaos. And I think to, and you don't have to have it, but I think to be a dynamic and like interesting human being, I think I gotta have both, you know, and some people are more interesting when they have more chaos. Uh, I've met and personally know people that they thrive in chaos and not in a good way. Like, they, <laughs> so you got to ha- kind of have a balance. It's like light and dark. Um, and one of the parts he's like, when he kisses his hands after, you know, to make the chemical burn, he's like, he's like, look at it, look at your hand. And to like, I take that as an example of like learning from bad things that happen to not only your not only yourself but everybody involved. Like bad things that are occurring. Like you could take this current uh, situation we're all in and we're dealing with, and we're still going through two years later, and to learn something from it. Understand that like, you know, use this time as if you're not learning from this time about what's going on in your personal life and like the way other people can affect your reality. I think, I think it's a huge mistake. You should be looking at this. And I'm talking about like your friends, your family, people you see on social media, your government, like all that stuff. You're not learning from what the fuck just happened and what is, what the potential reality for you is like, you're, you're a fool, like learn from everything. And like, look at your mistakes Look at everything that's going on. Look at your goddamn hand with the chemical burn. Look at it all. Absorb it. Take what. Take the negative, good. Take the order, chaos. Learn from those experiences and fucking move forward. Try to be a better human being for everybody in your network and everybody that you're associated with in your circle. You know. Um, and I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to leave at that. I got some other stuff to talk, some other quotes, but, um, you know, there's a quote I'll bring up and it applies to social media and I think it's very relatable and I don't, I don't know if it's order or chaos. It could be a combination of both, but essentially the quote Tyler Durden says is we're at the middle children of history, man, no purpose or place. We have no great war, no depression, no great depression. Our great war is our spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. 
We've all been raised on television. And this is the point that I look at when I think of social media. This is the quote that I think of. That's pretty true to how fucking people act on social media. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite quotes as it relates to social media. If if you apply it to that, it's like there's there's so many people on social media that get so pissed off about comments and likes for they try and they think of times and how to post and how to get more experience. It's like none of that shit matters. None of that stuff matters. You can use Fight Club is pretty relatable to uh, a lot of generations, especially like mine. Like I grew up. And I was watching as a young adult and it's like, man, it's like, it's transcendent of, uh, uh, across, you know, time in a sense. It's very, it's such a fucking smart story and the metaphors and everything that's associated with it. Um, now I, I had that question and I think like what I want to pose to you and maybe we can bring it up again. I'll ask, I'll ask at the, at the end of the other, the next episode when I, uh, do the th- part three. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, it's what I thought? I just thought about it tonight. It's like, who is actually the real, who is actually real in the whole, uh, in fight club? Was it the narrator or was it Tyler? Because this is one of the things I thought it's like the narrator had a few names. It was Cornelius. Um, Jack, it was it was a few th- a few names that you heard, but it was it was the narrator. Tyler is the only one with the real fucking name, you know. Marla Singer, uh, the love interest of the story, um, she knew Tar- Tyler, and called him Cornelius and Tyler. You know, um, so it's it's quite a question. Like you think in the movie. And reading the book that Tyler Durden was actually his alter ego. And even uh, Tyler Durden says, I didn't create some uh, loser alter ego. And so it's like these questions you can look at and be like, is that another thing in the book and the store and the movie is like, was Tyler Durden actually the real person? You find out in Fight Club 2 that it's actually the narrator. But anyway, I'm not going to ruin that. You got to read that yourself. Um it's kind of a weird fucking like Fight Club's weird, but Fight Club Two is fucking bonkers, dude. <laughs> Get into that. Anyway, um, I feel like my time's up in this episode. Uh, I appreciate for I appreciate you listening to this this long if you have and you haven't turned it off. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. Truly appreciate. It. I'm gonna keep going. We're gonna go to a hundred at least. You know, I've got some plans for that. We're gonna try to do a uh, Halloween spooktacular special. For the upcoming episodes. Uh, obviously, it'll just be me. Maybe I'll put on a costume or, or whatnot. Um, go check out our sponsors. They're listed below in the comments. If you don't know them, go check out our Instagram or fucking YouTube. You can get those there. You get some deep discounts on some products, some awesome shit that, we, that I truly believe in. I, I enjoy myself. I buy the shit myself, and, uh, and I love it. So go check out those sponsors. By supporting our sponsors, you support this podcast. And uh, the best way you can support this podcast and keep it going is buy some fucking merch. You know, buy some fucking loyal to the turmoil shit. Keep it going. And with that, kids, thank you for checking out part two of uh, Space Monkeys. Bye-bye.